Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. who was responsible, set Titus to do this, so Paul could concentrate on other things. We understood that Titus was placed in the island of Crete for the purpose of ordaining elders to establish local churches, and the Bible says in every city. We understand in the ancient world at the time that Titus was there, there were 60 cities. And so Titus is responsible for the island of Crete under the <laughs> under the direction of his biblical authority, the Apostle Paul, to establish local churchy, churches and 60 cities in the island of Crete. But then we see in tonight's passage that not everything was going to be roses. Not everything was going to be easy. That sometimes people think they're going to go to the mission field and they show up and all the natives are going to be, yay, the missionaries here. Everything's going to be great. It doesn't turn that way. So if you don't mind, would you take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Titus in chapter number 1. The book of Titus in chapter number 1, and notice with me if you don't mind, in Titus chapter 1, starting at verse number 10. Titus chapter 1 and verse 10, the Word of God says this, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of them, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth, but... The pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. But in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient. And to every good work reprobate. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, will you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Titus in chapter number 1? The book of Titus in chapter number 1, and notice with me in verse number 10, and notice the phrase, many unruly and vain talkers. Many unruly and vain talkers. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And thank you for the encouragement that we've heard he received earlier in this service. That your word can get its work accomplished. That we can trust that your word is the answer. No matter if they're an evolutionist. It doesn't matter if they're a false teacher or an unbeliever or a liar. It doesn't matter who it is. It is your word that is the answer. And so as we come up to you tonight, we're asking that you would open up your precious word. That you would do a work in all of our lives. And Lord, I know because this is a spiritual work that I cannot depend upon myself. So the best I know how, I once again surrender myself 
my goals, my desires, my thoughts, my opinions, my words, my tongue. I give it all to you and ask that you fill me with your precious spirit for the purpose that you would get your own work accomplished through your precious word tonight. We love you. And in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to paint a picture to you. The Apostle Paul has sent Titus, his son of the faith, his partner and fellow helper, to the island of Crete. And when he gets there, boots on the ground, his instructions are to ordain elders in every city. Titus, your job is to start local churches. You are to win them to the Lord, disciple them, give them accountability. We saw this before that you are to ordain elders and then commend them to the Lord and go do it again. Train people for the ministry. And you're supposed to start churches in all 60. But Titus, let me tell you, you're going to run into some obstacles. Aren't you glad that God is always honest with us? There's never a time where he says, hey, follow me and everything's going to be easy. In fact, we could see several times where some people said to Jesus, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. Jesus has always been honest. Always said, hey, if you're going to follow me, it will be hard. Yea, all those that shall live godly shall suffer persecution. So guess what? Good news, Titus. You're going to have some obstacles to face in order to start 60 churches, ordain elders in every city. There's going to be some obstacles that you're going to face. And if you don't mind, I'd like to take the book of Titus in chapter number 1. And I'd like to show you some obstacles that would be in the way of Titus from starting local churches. And if you don't mind, the first obstacle that we would see here is the obstacle of false teachers. The obstacle of false teachers. Notice with me in verse number 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Notice this in verse number 10. He says, <laughs> in the context, go ordain elders in every city. And then he gives the qualifications of the elders. And then in the same breath as he continues on, guess what? There are, for there are many unruly and vain talkers. The word unruly carries the idea of disobedient. That it carries the idea that they refuse to acknowledge authority. So Titus, let me know, let you know that as you start working with the people, as you start dealing with them, as you start talking to them about the Lord and trying to get them to do something, you're going to run into some people who are going to be disobedient. They're going to be unruly. <laughs> Just letting you know right up, this is going to be an obstacle. And by the way, there's not a few. There are many unruly and vain talkers. The word vain indicates empty. And so it carries the idea that they talk nonsense. So you're going to run into some people and say, you know, I don't think I have to believe like that. I can believe whatever I want. I can believe in a raindrop theory. I can believe in this. I don't have to believe the Bible. It's all right if I believe this as well. And so you have some people who many of them are unruly, disobedient, and vain. They talk nonsense and deceivers. Did you know that you'll run into many deceivers? Titus, I'm just letting you know that 
So there's going to be some people that you meet that are going to smile at your face, but they have their own plans. They have their own desires. And you're going to have to deal with them, Titus. Notice, if you don't mind, as it continues talking about this, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not. You know, there are some people who will accept false doctrine. And when they accept the false doctrine, they will be excited and passionate about that false doctrine that when they had real doctrine, they weren't passionate about. They weren't excited about. They get some nugget of false doctrine and they think they found the truth and they are passionate about trying to explain to everyone that nugget of truth that they think they found and that everyone needs to have. It's amazing that those who uh, have a false doctrine, that false doctrine seems to be all that they want to talk about. So much so that the Bible says they'll go and subvert whole houses. Whole houses carries the idea of a household, a family. That they'll actually go and try to fool entire families to believe like they do. Subvert them, to turn them away, to cause them to believe something other than the Bible so that we can, they can overthrow, destroy. The word subvert means to overthrow, to destroy. Entire households they want to fool. If you could forgive the personal illustration, I had a family that we had in our church in Phoenix and a family that we thought they were going to be missionaries one day. I meant they were raising their kids right. They were excited and they were in the military and they got transferred to Turkey. Now the base that they were at in Turkey, there was no good churches. So they said, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a house church. We're just going to have a church just between us. And the problem with that is that they had no biblical authority. They had nobody to guard them and protect them from false doctrine. And they got in their mind that, hey, as you read in the book of Acts, they didn't have a New Testament. You know what they used in the New Te first century church? The Old Testament scriptures. Praise the Lord. There is very much great value in the Old Testament scriptures. However, they took it too far and they said if the first century church didn't have a New Testament and they didn't use a New Testament in the very beginning of the, the first century, then why should we use the New Testament? Let's just use the Old Testament for ourselves. And they got a hold of this false doctrine. And the next thing you know, they deny all the New Testament. They deny the Apostle Paul. They take some of the teachings of Jesus. But they all put it aside and now they become Judaizers. So much so that they had a son by the name of Christian. And now we can't call him a Christian because we don't follow the New Testament. We follow the Old Testament. So they had to rename him a whole different name. Imagine that. A whole family that is subverted, and unfortunately that family is all broken up now because someone got a hold of them, got a hold of false doctrine, subverted them from good doctrine that they had, and it destroyed them. It ruined them. So Titus, let me tell you some good news. There are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Titus, there's some obstacles that you're going to face in the island of Crete. And you're going to have to contend with false doctrine that is always trying to get in. And they're going to bypass the preacher and they're going to go straight into the homes. And they're going to try to fool the very people that you're trying to love on. The very people that you're trying to encourage. The, try, the very people you're trying to help. Those deceivers are going to come in. Now in the Apostle Paul's day, the Bible identifies who they are. Notice with me if you don't mind. In verse number 10. For there are many vain and 
talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. In the Apostle Paul's day, they actually had people called Judaizers that believed that all the Gentiles, in order to be saved, they had to follow the tenets of Judaism. They had to go through circumcision. They had to keep the diet. They had to do this. They had to honor the Sabbath. And they wanted to give all these Gentile Christians and convince them they need to follow the Old Testament. Just like the example I gave you. And over and over, you read the book of Galatians. The apostle Paul starts the churches in the area of Galatia. Then he leaves and the Judaizers comes right behind him. And begins to convert him. So much so that the apostle Paul had to write the book of Galatia to fix that error that crept in. So the apostle Paul's not speaking out of theory. He's telling you, guess what Titus? I'm giving you experience. There are going to be many unruly and vain talkers. And that's an obstacle you're going to have to face as you are to ordain elders, start churches in every city. You're going to have to overcome the false teachers. But not only that, there was another obstacle that the Apostle Paul mentioned to Titus about starting churches in every city to ordain elders in every city. Not only you're going to have to contend with the, the false teachers but you're going to also have to deal with the obstacle of lazy liars. The obstacle of lazy liars. Notice with me in verse number 12. One of them themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. The only, another obstacle they had was not only false teachers, but the pastors had to deal with the actual people of Crete. Could you imagine going to a church and the whole national uh, characteristic? We know that each nation develops a characteristic. You go to the Assyrians. We nickname them the, the Nazis of the ancient world. How would you like to have that moniker? Your country is known as the Nazis of the ancient world. You go to the Germans. German had thoroughness, the efficiency. That's what they're known for. Americans used to be known for their generosity. They're willing to give. But each nation has their own characteristic. So what is the characteristic of the Cretans? They're always liars. And that was one of their own poets. Someone who said, hey, I'm a Cretan. Let me tell you, all of our people are liars. How would you like to go pastor those folks? A church where they said everyone in the church is a liar. How would you like that job? So you're going to need to start 60 churches, ordain elders in every city. But I'm letting you know, they're all liars. Titus would almost say, well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'm going to go work with a bunch of liars. Someone who just can't refrain from telling the truth. You know, even the ancient writers talked about the Cretans' covetousness and dishonesty, such as Livy, Publius, Plutarch, even Leonidas of the uh, Battle of the 300, uh, <laughs> uh, the Battle of Thermopylae, even he said, when was there ever an upright Cretan? Can you imagine that? That all of the Greek world, all of the known world said, oh, the island of Crete, they're all liars. Everyone knew they were an island full of liars. Perhaps understanding some of their history would help with the mindset that the, the most ancient civilization in Europe would be the Minoan Empire, which would be on the island of Crete. If you're familiar with history and a little bit of mythology, that the Minoan Empire was started with King Minos, Minos, who was known 
supposedly, to conquer the city of Athens. And every year, he would demand tribute of seven boys and seven girls. So his <laughs> tribute to say, hey, I'm the boss of you, Athens. To prove that I'm the boss of you, you have to send me seven boys and seven girls every year. You said, what in the world would he do with seven boys and seven girls? Well, according to mythology, is that he had a labyrinth underneath his, his castle where the legendary Minotaur was at. A Minotaur would be, <coughs> excuse me, would be a mythological creature that had a head of a bull and a body of a man. And they would put these men, boys and girls through this labyrinth, through this maze underneath that had no way out. And the Minotaur would kill them all. And that was their civilization. For more of what we can prove and test, we do know that the Minoan Empire during this time had running water and flushing toilets. In case you need to have a biblical reference, this is the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are wandering around the promised land, and the Minoans have flushing toilets and running water. Kind of a different technology. But this is the island that they grew up in. They had this mindset. They had this idea that from ancient times. They made advances in art, architecture, engineering. They developed writing and mathematics. While the time of the patriarchs are there. So what happened to these people? Well, again, the poet, he gave this description. Notice again what the poet said of one of their own, verse number 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretan are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. So what were the people of Crete like? Well, let's take the poet's idea here. First of all, he said they are liars. Notice this, they are liars. The Cretans are always liars. Their lying was continual. They were so, not proper English, but they were so much of liars <laughs> that it even made it into the Greek vocabulary. The word that the poet used for liars actually is the literal idea that Cretans are liars. So the very word for lying in the Greek language was Cretans are liars. How would you like to be known as that? That's your national symbol there. You're a liar. And everyone knows about it that even the language, you're a liar. You're a liar. So Titus, the people you're going to pastor are a bunch of liars. You can't trust anything. They can't help themselves. They are raised in lying. They couldn't help but to be dishonest. And it's because of their dishonesty, they were easy prey for the false teachers. Because they were used to lying and people lying. They were, it was easy for other liars to come and lie to them. So Titus, they're liars. What else about them? Not only were they liars, but the people were lawless. They were lawless. Notice this other description in verse 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars. Evil beast. The word beast carries the idea of a wild beast. And the word evil here carries the idea of depraved or bad by nature. So these are creatures like wild beasts. They can't help but to be evil and, and depraved because it's just who they are. It's almost like trying to tame a wild lion. You know, take it home, good kitty, good kitty, and expect it not to end up scratching your eyes out. It's like taking a wolf that's lived all of its life out in the wild, never seen a human, and you take it home and say, here, kids, you want to see our new pet? And hope that nothing goes wrong. So 
Titus, just letting you know, the people you're going to pastor are evil beasts. They can't help but to be evil. They're going to attack you whenever they get a chance. I want you to start 60 churches, by the way. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Nice. How would you like? How, how many want to go take a vacation to Crete now and say, I want to go pastor there? I want to go serve in the church there with a bunch of liars, a bunch of people that are depraved and ready to attack. But that's not all the Bible says. Notice what else it describes. By the way, this is one of their own poets. Paul hasn't even given his two cents about it. He's just quoting one of their own. He says, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own said, the Cretans are always liars. Evil beast, slow bellies. That word slow carries the idea of idle. It, it indicates inactivity or unfruitfulness. So these people are lazy. Paul, what kind of people are you sending me to, Paul? I, I, I'm really excited to get to the mission field. I want to be a help. Good, 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 Titus. Let me tell you about the people you're going to pastor. All right, I'm ready. Let me tell you, they're liars. Okay? Not only are they liars, they're evil beasts. They just can't help. They're going to attack you. Okay, that's nice. Not only that, they're lazy. You can expect a lot of inactivity. You can expect them to say, yeah, I'll get right on that and never get around to it. Really, sounds like a good place to build a church when you can't get the people to do anything. A lot of inactivity, unfruitfulness. Really encouraging news here, isn't it? This is where I want you to start a church with a bunch of people who don't want to do anything. They just want to sit around and say, yeah, good job, preacher. Yeah, I want you to go pass out a track. What? That sounds too much like work. I want you to pray. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't do anything with work. I mean, we'll just let things happen on its own. Feels like a good place to get a church really started. And they're lazy. They're slow. They're inactive. They have no fruit. But notice something else. Not only were they liars and it was lawless. Not only were they lazy, but they were lustful. Notice if you don't mind in verse 12. One of them... One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. The word bellies is a figurative word used for gluttony or greed. They were idle gluttons. They just like to feed their belly and, Good job, have at it. Not really. They're liars, they're lawless, they're lazy. And then they're lustful. They just, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? As long as you take care of me, that's all I want. I don't care about anyone else as long as I'm happy. Titus, this is where I want you to go, pastor. Then notice Paul finally gives his two cents on this. Verse number 13, this witness is true. Hey, this is what their poets say. I want to let you know, Titus, I've been there. They're liars. They're lazy. They're, brute, they're evil beasts. They're lustful. But I want you to go start 60 churches. Good luck. Sounds really fun. That's probably a pretty big obstacle. Not only do you have the false teachers, but you have the people themselves, the lazy liars. But there's a third obstacle that comes up. You said a third? I mean, how many of you are really excited to go to the island of Crete? We should probably go find a missionary to the island of Crete and support them. They're going to need help, aren't they? You know, I want to go be a missionary to Crete. With liars, with, <laughs> with false teachers, 
But notice the third obstacle, the obstacle of defiled religious leaders. The obstacle of defiled religious leaders. Notice with me in verse 15. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Here it gives a comparison between the pure and undefiled. And may I take a pause here? That there's something about purity. There's something about those that are pure that when they look at things, they look at things with a pure innocence. They're not cynical. They're not seeing double entendres and everything that says. Oftentimes, remarks like that just go over their head because they miss it. There is a power in purity, a power in your mind, a power of protection. And we live in a world that is so defiled. Television, internet, social media, streaming sources, that people have lost their purity. But there's something about someone who's still pure, someone who's still righteous, that there is a natural protection against the corruptness of the world, that they, it doesn't get to them. They don't even see it. They're, that's why it's so important to keep people pure, to keep their minds and their hearts pure, because there's a protection. Because on the opposite end, for those that are defiled, those that are unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. When somebody has this corruption inside of them, it is hard to retrain their mind to think pure thoughts. It is hard for them to look at another sex and not think about impure things. It's hard for them when someone says something out of honesty for them to take them at their word. And who is this referring to here? Notice verse 16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. What we see here is that there's some people that say, I know God, but in their works they deny him. You know there are so many people acting as a pastor that don't believe the Bible is true. There are churches, and I was talking to someone today, and they were saying, when I grew up in a certain type of church, they gave a verse right at the beginning of the service and the Bible was never opened ever again. They gave their own thoughts and they gave their own opinions. There are so many preachers who do not believe the Bible. Not only that, they go to cemeteries. I mean seminaries where they'll have a college professor who will announce to their classes that the first 11 chapters of Genesis is a mythology. And they begin to teach the kids to doubt the word of God. They'll start to teach the people that we send off to train. Now there's good colleges and we're thankful for them. But we know that there's a whole lot. That by the time a kid graduates from college. Even a Bible college. That there are times they'll come out not believing the Bible themselves. Because they've been taught to doubt God's word. Well, this word shouldn't be translated like this. And this wasn't doing this right. And this actually means this. And they'll rip away a little bit until they don't trust in anything. So if you don't believe the Bible, what do you preach and teach? Your own thoughts and your own opinions. And our thoughts and our opinions do not change lives. Our thoughts and our opinions do not help people when they have a need. 
That when they're sitting in a hospital bed and no one's visiting them, it's not someone's thoughts and opinions that will change their life and fix them. And so we have the religious, defiled preachers who are trying to convince people that the Bible is not true, that God is not true, but yet they call themselves a preacher. They call themselves a religious leader. They call themselves a Christian. And yet they'll turn around and deny God's word. They'll turn around and deny that God himself. They'll, they'll say, please trust God. But they'll never pray themselves. They'll never encourage people to trust God. They'll say things like this. That you help our ministry and we'll send you this green hanky. And if you got this green hanky, all your prayers will be answered. God doesn't use a green hanky, by the way. You understand, there are people who want to come and dif dis cause people to deny God's word. How does the Apostle Paul describe these people, by the way, in verse number 16? They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable. The word abominable carries the idea of objects of disgust. How does God see these false teachers, these false preachers, these people who deny God's word? Objects of disgust. It makes God sick. How many people are deceived all the times by a preacher, by someone behind a pulpit, by someone in a school that teaches someone that God's word isn't true? Now someone grows up all of their life not trusting in the Bible. Not only that, he says, they're being abominable and disobedient. The word disobedient, we know that this is rebellious rejection of God's word and God's will. They're disobedient. I don't care what the Bible says, I'll do whatever I want. It doesn't matter what the Bible says, you do this. And they're disobedient. Rebellious rejection of God's word and God's will. Then notice this. But they profess that they know God and works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. The word reprobate is, comes from a term of testing metals. It's a, it's a way that they were test metals. And what happened here, these teachers are tested and they were exposed to be frauds. They were reprobate. They didn't meet the test. They didn't meet where God wanted them to be at. And so Timothy or Titus I'm sending you to the island of Crete, and I want you to start churches. Let me give you some good news. You're going to have false teachers to contend with. They're going to try to go into the houses of the people you pastor, and they're going to try to dis destroy that home by their false teaching. Good luck. Not only that, the people themselves, they're liars and they're lazy. But I want you to start churches out of these lying, lazy people. Sounds great. Then not only that, the people that are being taught around you that, oh, I want to help. But they've been taught that the Bible's not true. And let me tell you, churches cannot be started if the Bible is not true. People can't be helped if the Bible is not true. They've lost all of their source of power and all they are left is what man and man alone can do. And we should never be satisfied with what man can get done. We want to be satisfied with what God and God alone can do. You say, well, this is an encouraging message. Poor Titus, we feel sorry for him. But let me show you the answer to the objections. Let's turn it around now. What is the answer to the objections, to the obstacles that they have here of the false teaching, of the people who are lazy liars, of the people that, that have come in that have been taught that the Bible's not true and they're clinging to it? What is the answer? Notice, if you don't mind, in verse number 9. 
holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. It's talking about these elders, these pastors, that these pastors hold fast, stand firm on the faithful word of God as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine. Remember that word sound carries the idea of healthy. You know what the answer is? Healthy doctrine. You know what the answer is? The word of God. Standing on the word of God. Notice again in verse number 9. Both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. What do we deal with the false prophets? You use the word of God. What do you do with the lazy liars? You give them the word of God. What do you do with the people that have been taught that the Bible's not true? You give them the word of God. If that's not enough, may I show you how the apostle Paul himself told Timothy to deal with these things? Notice with me in verse number 11. Dealing with those, uh, verse 10, let's get context. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially them of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped. That's some pretty powerful language. How are they stopped? By giving them the word of God. That when they say, well, listen here, let me tell you, we believe this. No. This is what the Bible says, and we're going to stick with what the Bible says. Notice, if you don't mind, what about the lazy liars? Notice with me in verse 13. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. Paul has said, I've had some experience with this. You know, there's something about people that if you give them a choice of take it or leave it, they'll leave it every time. You have to be authoritative and say, listen here. This is what the Bible says, and this is what you should do. You don't give them a choice of saying, well, you know, if you get around to it, and you should read your Bible. Are the people going to read their Bible? No. You say, listen here. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. That the man, <laughs> I missed one, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Be in your word, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman. There's that word again, work. A workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. They need to be in the word of God. It says rebuke them sharply. Hey, well, if you get around to it, you should probably pray. Bless God, the Bible says that you need to talk to God and you need to pray. Well, if you feel like it, maybe you should accept Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Do you have the Son? The Bible wants you to have. Will you accept Jesus now? That we come and rebuke them sharply, not being mean, not being crash, not being crude, but saying, this is what the Bible says. What are you going to do about it? That's how we deal with the idea of lazy liars. It's how we deal with the field of false teaching is we give them the word of God. That is the power of God unto salvation is the word of God. It is the word of God. It's through the foolishness of preaching that changes life. Proclaiming God's word. Giving them God's word. That God's word will not return void. It may take a while to permeate that hard heart. But there is no plan B. God did not say, well, if the Bible doesn't work, then you do this great picture, and that picture will get it across. Give them God's word. Give them God's word. Give them God's word. Give them God's word. Timothy or Titus, I'm putting you on the island of Crete. And while you're on the island of Crete, I want you to start 60 churches. 
Establish elders in every church. You're going to run some obstacles, but I'm not leaving you alone. You have the word of God. Use it. And using the word of God, you could overcome the obstacles of false preachers. You could overcome the obstacles of the lazy liars. You could overcome the obstacles of those defiled religious leaders. And those 60 churches can be started. Isn't that great that we have hope? That we don't have to give up and say, well, the field that I'm at is so hard. May I end you with this here? There's no such thing as an easy field. And if there was such a thing as an easy field, they're all taken up. All that's left is the hard fields. But God can still do a work. It doesn't matter what type of people you have. If you've ever heard of the pineapple story, I encourage you to look that up. He went to, that, uh, to the island, the missionary went to the island, to a bunch of cannibals. You don't really want to provoke them too badly. Bunch of cannibals. But they were thieves. They stole everything and then tried to sell it back to him. He had them steal clothes off of his clothesline, come up to the front of him with his shirt and say, hey, you like this shirt? We'll sell it to you. It's my shirt. Wouldn't you like to go pastor there? You know what works? God's word. God's word. Even in a place of Wisconsin, you know what will work? God's word, God's word, God's word, God's word. Verse number nine, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. This is why it's so important that everyone knows the Bible for themselves, because the defense against all of these things is the word of God. If people know the word of God, the false uh, teachers cannot convince you that the Bible is not true. They cannot convince you that their little pet doctrine is true. It is the word of God that changes lives. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.